Adrian McCall, drop the mic. This is our Something If podcast. Something I think. I don't know how many we've been doing. But uh, we have brought in a special guest today, John, who is the author of Stranger Bridgerland. Strange Bridgerland? Stranger Stranger Bridgerland. Bridgerland. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I got the opportunity to read this book, and I am in love with it. Basically, it's all about paranormal and cool, freaky stuff. Yeah, here in uh, in the Cache Valley. Yeah. And that's where I started was Cache Valley. Mm-hmm. But then it grew into stories from uh, Box Elder and yeah. Rich, and so I called it Bridgerland instead yeah. of just Cache Valley. But. Well, at, at what point did you decide to, to write a book? Because, you know, I think people face... That maybe not that exact question, but think about that. At what point when did you did you like? I'm going to put all these stories in a book. Like, what point did you decide that? Well, I I actually made that decision a long time ago uh-huh. that I was going to do that. Um, and then you know life gets in the way, and yeah. uh, you, I I had the stories. I'd been gathering the stories, you know, since I was a teenager almost, and uh, I finally uh, last year decided, oh, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm finally going to put it together and put it in a book and. And put it out there. So well, that's really neat because I grew up in like Brigham City, Tremont area. So to be able to read some of these stories, especially the one about uh, I can't remember what the name of it was, but about one of the uh, Kelton and what is it, Deep Blue Creek or Blue Blue Creek something something or other out there with the railroad, right on the old railroad, on the old railroad, railroad track. Yeah. So cool because I mean I can relate to that because mm-hmm. I've been out there. It's creepy. I've never been out to any of the. Um, old ghost towns out there, but I've been meaning right. to ever since I was in high school because it's crazy. There's so much just depth to it. It's it's weird because there's a haunting feeling. You go out there and it's just it's eerie. Right, right. And and even though I only had one story in there, I've I've actually talked to several people who've had similar experiences out there. And uh, one of the things I wanted to make definitely do in the book was wherever possible. Highlight exactly where it happened from the individuals. Yeah. And so that you, in a lot of cases, could go there if you want to. And, yeah. And look at it yourself. So it's, so it's a it's a collection of stories, but obviously some of them are your personal reflection. And, and I wanted to ask you, and I, we were talking about this, do you feel like it's a case where because you had an experience as a kid, like it's something you're more sensitive to? Because like I don't feel like I'm trying to, I've been recollecting, we've been talking about getting ready for this podcast all week long, and I don't feel like I have any paranormal experiences of my own. Is it something where right place, right time? Or do you feel like there's a reason why you've had some of these experiences? Ew. Well, I'm not sure if it's uh, if there's any specific reason uh, for me to have had the experience. Um, in the book, I talk about uh, how I grew up in a house uh, that was haunted. Um, and the experiences that I experienced in this house. And once I, as I got older and I started sharing those stories with people, I found that a lot of people have experiences yeah. that they and they want to share. Uh, some people, you know, they they ask to have their name changed or for yeah. whatever for whatever reasons. But um, it's it, it's just amazing to me when I started sharing my story how many people had at least one paranormal story that they wanted to share. Um, and I don't I don't know. Uh, it's it's funny. It's actually very rare that I meet somebody that doesn't have a paranormal really? story. Yeah, huh. it actually is. Um, now, there's a lot of them that don't want to share their stories. Um, yeah. And I have a lot of stories that I can't, you know, can't put in a book because they wouldn't give me permission, which is fine. Uh, I appreciate them sharing them with me anyway. But 
it's just amazing to me as I shared my stories, just how many people came out and, and wanted to share their experiences with me. Well, I think it's really cool because I I can't recollect any particular... Oh, yes, I can. But I think about it and there's not anything that stands out in my mind like growing up that I've had any sort of real paranormal activity uh, experiences, if you will, because... Uh, I don't know. I feel like when I grew up, I tried to avoid whatever I could mm. along those lines because I was just so, so nervous and I just, it made me so nervous. But I remember <laughs> a couple years ago, actually, when I was working at, at a bank in Vernal, um, we were joking about how uh, the bank was haunted. And I said something along the lines of, oh, yeah, there's I'm sure this bank's haunted. I'm sure there's ghosts around <laughs> here, you know, whatever. And maybe 10 minutes passed and we were trying to find some napkins and we're like, where are the napkins at? I can't find the napkins. Can't find the napkins. Looked around, looked around, looked in these drawers, looked wherever we could. All of a sudden this drawer just like opened. Ta-da, napkins. (laughs) I was like, friendly ghost. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. John, do you find it to be the case where, I guess I have a two-part question. So when you say it's very rare that you don't meet someone who has a paranormal story. So I guess the first part of the question is, do you find it to be the case where people are happy to have someone who's such an avid believer like you, and they're like not only happy to have someone they can share the story with, but you can relate to them. And then to the second part of the question is, obviously this book takes over, I think it's about 20-ish years, is about the length of the stories. Have you found an attitude changing? Because I know, you know, obviously there's not going to be, you're not going to get anyone to believe one way or the other, but I think for a long time a lot of people dismiss a lot of stuff. Has you, have you seen that change over the time that you've collected these stories? Yeah, I actually have. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because growing up, in, in my house, and uh, my sister and I, I have an older sister and a younger brother, uh, we would talk about the the experiences that we had. Uh-huh. And my my dad was adamant that we don't talk about it. And uh-huh. I think it's a generational thing hmm. where he was afraid that they were going to think, oh, there's the crazy there's the old crazy things, people. you know, they live in a haunted house. <laughs> right. and And so, you know, for a long time, he even denied it. He's like, there's nothing here, not, you know. And don't you talk about it because people will think you're crazy. And But it's interesting. But like I say, as I shared my stories, it was people who were like, oh, here's somebody who's experienced something like I've experienced. And I feel safer sharing it with somebody right. who, who who's had experiences mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, there is a lot of uh, fear. And like you say, it's opening up, which is great, I think, with people being uh, more open to ex- sharing their experiences. The, but back in, you know, the 80s, 90s, where a lot of these stories come from, uh, people were afraid to to share them because, you know, it's not normal or, yeah. you know, that's not, that's weird. You know, you're weird. So definitely having somebody to be able to open up to uh, helped a lot of those people. So and and there's also like a huge curiosity for people, right? Yeah, and, I mean and that's, that's where I fall. I know, me right. too. I'm the same way, right? And um, and so with that curiosity, they like to listen to your story, and a lot of times it might be just one thing that happened to them, mm-hmm. you know, one story, and they want they want to be able to share that story with somebody right. too, and feel feel safe in doing that, and that's the biggest thing. So I, I definitely wanted to ask while we're talking about this, because you said you call it Stranger Bridge Lane because it's all this area, and, I, and McCall and I have talked about this because I'm not from here, McCall is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Utah or the this part of the Northwest is more concentrated, or does it think it's a case where it's just you've delved into it, and if you were to go like in the Midwest and you did a little bit of research, you'd find that there's a lot of similar 
stories or there's a lot of similar depth of hauntings. Um, I think there's a lot of similar things that occur across the country. Right. Um, and I, I deal with uh, several different kinds of um, paranormal experiences, right. ghosts, um, and then monsters and UFOs. They're all covered in there. And I think if you go a lot of different places, you're going to find similar stories. Um, for example, there's, there's one story in here of uh, the phenomenon called, you know, black-eyed kids. Yeah. And that's big <gasps> in that the Southwest as well. That freaked me out, right. by the way. Right. And um, oddly enough, there's the, I have collected three stories in the Valley of black-eyed kids. Yeah. Um, but I'm only, only one person has given me permission to share the story. So there's only one in there. But it's not... Uh, those people, when I talk to them, I'm like, well, you're not alone in the Valley yeah. for having experienced that. And they were, they were amazed by that. But. So can we dive into the black eyed kids? Like, sure. cause I'm, I'm so just, anxious I, about this. I, yeah. One, I just want to follow up mm-hmm. in with the people who don't want to share the stories. Is it a case where they just don't want their story out? Or is there something more to it where they're worried about it? If, if they given you any of that indication, I'm just curious. No, it's mostly that, uh, they're, they're just afraid of what people will think of them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And, and that's another reason why um, a lot of the stories, it's not the original name. Right. They, they're okay. like, oh, yeah, you know, share it. Just don't put my name necessarily got it. on it. Got so, it. Okay. No, so, actually, I've, I've got a follow-up question for that one. Mm-hmm. Where it comes to, because you said that your dad even denied denied having having any sort of uh, paranormal activity in the house whatsoever and these people are kind of denying it do you think that there's a possibility that the people who are having these kinds of things happen are trying to deny it because the the more you sweep it under the rug the less likely it is to happen to them or do you think that that could be a possibility or anything along those lines um it could be i mean mm-hmm. it could be any number of reasons um i think like aj was saying you know the mindset's kind of changing now yeah. Um, you have, you know, ghost adventures, ghost hunters on right, TV. Right. And so it's a little bit more mainstream now. But really, in you know, going back not that far, I think it had a lot more to do with people want not wanting other people to think poorly think of weird. them. Or think they're weird. Cool. You know, kind of a thing, you know. And especially, um, you know, I, I grew up in the valley. Right. And it's getting bigger now. But right. small towns, yeah. you know, people love to talk. You guys have all oh. lived in small towns. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's a big fear right. that that you're going to be marked as a crazy in the town or something like that. Yeah. So, but, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Black Eyed Kids, because yeah, I, I have never heard about never these heard things. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I started reading into them, it, it's like... I'm intrigued with it. It freaks mm-hmm. me out, but I'm intrigued with it. Right. So I want to know what, what the heck is a black-eyed kid? Okay. So the story, the generalized story goes, um, it'd, it'd be late at night, um, and you're either alone in your car, you're alone at home, and there's a knock on your window at the car or at the door. Mm-hmm. You open the door, and it's some small children, usually adolescent, younger than teenagers, mm-hmm. trying to get access to your home one way or another. Um, the... The things that are associated with them is a complete uh, fear of uh, and dread that comes with them. The minute you open the door, you can feel the sense of just, yeah, you know, being scared of them. Um, they are adamant that they cannot access your your vehicle or go with you or get in, come into your house unless they have permission. Permission, permission. to come in. Yep. And so they're trying very hard to get that. Makes and then sense. the third thing is when. You don't usually, they usually obscure their eyes, but when you do see them, it, they're jet black. Weird. Like the entire thing. Oh, that's so creepy. Um, yeah. And uh, there's 
very few stories of anybody who've actually let them into their house mm-hmm. and then uh, been able to tell the story later on. Yeah. Um, wow. For whatever reason. One one couple, uh, this is back in the Midwest. I just watched this uh, on a pod- podcast. They were talking about it. They did let the children in and both of them experienced sickness and, um, you know, dread and ended up being very sick afterwards after Weird. they had left. So. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the the story behind the black eyed kids. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. What is if you are to compare it? I don't know if you've done any research on like skinwalkers or anything mm-hmm. along those lines. What would you? How would you compare it to, say, skinwalkers? Um, well, I think you know their their origin, the kids' origin is is just speculative because nobody really knows yeah. where they who what they are, uh-huh. you know, where they're coming from. Um, and what they really want and mm-hmm. why they're trying to access your house. Um, Skinwalkers uh, is very interesting. Uh, I don't know, because you, you lived in Vernal. Yeah, There's I a did. book that I read about the Skinwalker Ranch, which is outside Out of Vernal. In, yep. And um, a lot of the things that are associated with that. Now, uh, Skinwalkers themselves are um, Native American medicine men uh-huh. who have uh, gone to darker medicine. Oh, Okay. Um, that's where the, the word skinwalker comes from, Okay, uh, is, is them. And they're able to shape shift, uh, into any number of forms. Uh, they apparently have to have killed somebody in order to gain that kind of power. Hmm. And so that's where the word skinwalker comes from originally. Uh, and it started, it's all, uh, folklore because uh, Native American, it's all verbal history, not right. written history. Right. And it all goes back to the wars between uh, the Utes and the Paiutes and others where their uh, their medicine men or whatever you want to call them would would go to this evil power in order to, you know, fight each other and that right. kind of thing. So that's the kind of history in, in the back of that. So what, When it comes to the stories, because you, as you said, you get monsters, ghosts, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and aliens. Is there, out of the stories in this book, what, what do you think would be the most terrifying scenario that you wrote about, whether for you or someone else's story, that you'd find yourself in? That I would find myself in? There's, there's a story in there about um, that, that really kind of scared me a little bit. Well, and the interesting thing, too, when you grow up in a haunted house, mm-hmm. like in a house that is haunted, and you have experiences, it takes a lot to scare yeah. you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I believe okay. it. Yeah. But... Um, the one that stands out to me that I liked uh, was the, the the gentleman and his son that went up in the mountains for the day, and then they were coming back uh, down Left Hand Canyon, uh, Left Hand Fork, and hit something that wasn't necessarily there. Yeah. And then he got out to inspect the truck, because he thought he'd hit a boulder is what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no damage to it, no damage to the truck, nothing underneath, and he was trying to figure out what was going on. And he started hearing the children laughing down by the river below him. And then above him, I think that would be really spooky when you know you're alone, but you're hearing something that you know shouldn't that shouldn't be there, right? Kind of thing. That one stands out to me. That one and 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 the Bigfoot stories as well, the yeah. Sasquatch stories stand yeah. out too. So, well, I, I'm glad you wrote about that. Just a, a point to make because in the one of the Sasquatch scores, you mentioned how a lot of people think of it as more. Pacific Northwest, and then you know, mm-hmm. there's Utah experiences, and that's something I thought too before I read even read the stories. Like, no, nah, Pacific, you know, Oregon, Washington, you mentioned specifically, right. and then you talk about all the sightings in in Utah. Um, when it comes to these stories, is there? I'm assuming, but uh, what are some of the ones maybe, and or maybe you had a experience or read about them before that maybe you heard about the story and you did more research into it, like 
I don't know, Black Eyed Kids, was that one that you had known before you got the story? Well, um, I, I've known about diff- different stories um, just because growing up the way I did, I, I consumed everything that I could. Yeah. I, I went to the went to the library right. and read everything I could, you know. And um, But one thing that I uh, made sure about this book when I wrote it and when I decided I was going to write it, that every story in it is firsthand, meaning I interviewed the person that it came from. Right. Not, oh, it was my uncle's brother's friend. Right. Yeah. Now, I know if I hear a story like that, oh, this happened to my uncle or this happened, then if I can hunt that person down so that, you know, yeah. find his uncle and get that firsthand, then I'll make sure it goes in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's important to me that... Um, that it comes directly from the person. Right. Uh, so I can kind of get the feel. You know, they give me the basis of the story. I write it almost like exactly like you see in the book. And then I usually, if I can, make sure, check with that person that it's accurate and make sure that it goes in. Um, there's some story that I gathered long time ago that i no longer in touch with the person. So I get the best, you know, down the best that I can. But uh, I hope that answered your question. I can't remember. What yeah, well, I just was. Was, I was curious if there's one specifically. I mean, it did, but uh, just yeah. one specifically that someone told you a story. Like, I don't oh. know if there's a case where, like, I have this crazy experience. They told you, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that, and then you read about oh, right. the monster or the ghost the or whatever. Oh, yeah. right. Um, a, a lot of them. Well, the first time I heard about the Black Eyed Kids, I hadn't really heard about right. it much. And then uh, before I wrote it down, I did did do some study, and that it was very prevalent in. New Mexico and the Southwest okay. is a lot of where it started, um, but it is happening in a lot of different places. Because you wouldn't necessarily think of Cache Valley as some place like that might happen. But yeah. like I said, there's I've got three different stories of, of people encountering black-eyed kids here in Cache Valley. So, wow. But, so, yeah. do you have a lot of stories about you know out towards the out towards the west where you? I've been looking around at some of these you know ghost towns and mm-hmm. and things because I pulled up. Uh, what is it, Lucin? That's that's out there. That's got a couple of different like art sculpture type type things out right. towards Wendover. You know, oh, just, yeah, in, yeah. just in Box Elder County, mm-hmm. um, along the along the railroad, because they have all of those all of those old like Chinese towns that right. they, that they had. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of stories about that? Do you have like personal experience from going out there? Um, I have one personal story. Um, I used to hunt out in the West Desert right. quite a bit when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. And one day my dad and I were out there hunting and we come across a mine that wasn't on the map oh. necessarily. And and so we thought, oh, well, let's walk in. Let's see what's, you know, just inside. And, yeah. and as we started walking in, there was a sound that came from the back of, that was really loud. It was not necessarily a growl or a scream, but it was somewhere in there. And Weird. it was, you couldn't tell if it was... Uh, you know, a real animal or if it was paranormal or what it was, but it, you know, having hunted and fished and spent a lot of time, it was no sound that I'd ever heard before. And, and you immediately got the feeling like, you know, you're not wanted there where, you know, for whatever reason. So we hurried and left. (laughs) Um, but yeah, there is a lot of stories about there. Um, there is a ghost town out there um, where there's no buildings left, and I wish I could remember right off the top of my head the name of it, but at the time it was bigger than Salt Lake City. I remember because yeah. I, I can't remember what it's called either, Yeah, but and, I know which one you're talking about. And the cemetery is still out there. Yeah. It's, it's gated off. And yeah. It's like what you would think of an old time, you know, uh, Western 
cemetery out yeah. there. So, um, and there's still footprints of the, of the buildings, but no buildings stand, but yeah, there's a lot of different stories. And since my book has come out, I've had, you know, uh, several other people telling me right. different stories too. So it's, it's. It's a great paranormal place, Box Elder is. So you make reference to um, um, like monsters versus v- versus like ghosts. Ghosts. And, yeah. What's yeah? What's what's the difference between like monsters and ghosts and spirits and whatnot? Well, um, and the the thing you know, ghosts are all lumped into one kind of category, uh-huh. but you really can break down ghosts into a lot of different characters. Right, right. With our monster off. Yeah. Yeah. People right. started really, yeah. was it a poltergeist? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 When you said, right. oh, it's a ghost. Well, what kind of ghost yeah. is it? Um, you have a, um, a residual haunting. Uh-huh. Now, a residual haunting is something that has been like basically recorded um, in the home or whatever. You know, for example, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you this in a, as an example. Have you ever walked into a room where there were people there, but you automatically knew that somebody just had a fight? Like you get that feeling kind of a thing where yeah. there's yeah. a yeah. there's an awkward feeling in the room and right. you're not yeah. sure what right, happened. Right. So if you have a home that's old, like a hundred years old, and you have somebody that, you know, does something over and over and over again, it can lay basically like they, they say you could it lays a psychic track. Uh-huh. So what a residual haunt is, is it's just replaying that. And a good example of that is like footsteps, okay. you know, you know, you know, in being in an old home and you hear footsteps, right. that could be just a residual haunt. Or even you could see somebody walking from one room to another. Uh, that could be a residual haunt too, as well. It's just like a, a psychic imprint on the environment. So is that like your your old man story with the with the hat, right? Like that. Okay. I think that a lot of a lot of the things that happened in that house, like uh, the stair monster, right? And let me, I'll explain that. Growing up, uh, I grew up in a really old farmhouse, and um, you can at any time during the day, not just at night, but any time during the day, hear somebody run up or down the the staircase. Mm-hmm. And that part, I, I, I really believe, is a residual kind of haunt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, another kind of haunt that you can have is an interactive. If, if the ghost or whatever it is interacts with you, then it's, then it's more of an active or interactive haunt. Mm-hmm. For example, a lot of ghost hunters out there will do the shave and the haircut, you know, the, the knock. And then wait for the other part. Yeah. And if it does that, then you know that it's a, it's not residual. It's something that's actually interacting with you. Cool. Um, And somebody who, uh, who was alive and who isn't anymore kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then you go from there, you can go into, um, like, Oh, uh, people who have been helped by spirits, uh, in a, or, or, family members who've passed away and communicated with them. I, I call that more of an, like an angel kind of a yeah. thing. Um, and then there's another section, which I tend to just stay away from myself. And that's with um, inhuman spirits. Mm-hmm. It's the one that, that I'm probably afraid of. most. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's right. And I, and I, I try, tend to stay away from that as much as possible. That's, yeah. um, you know, out there things, things that may not have been, that have never been alive, like demons. And, That's right. dark stuff you don't dark want. Dark stuff that I, I don't necessarily, you know. Yeah, I so. agree. Well, I, I had a question because McCall was asking you about some of the, the ghost towns out west. Do you, like with your book and, and getting ready to write another one, is it mm-hmm. a case where you, 
uh, I guess what's the balance is a better way to phrase it of where you want to put yourself in a place to experience firsthand yourself or collect mm-hmm. stories because one of the things I think that's on our Facebook page is there's this haunted tour you can take off of Utah because there's all these different places you can mm-hmm. visit that are haunted. Yeah. So what's the balance between you wanting to have your firsthand experience of maybe something where people say this is haunted versus collecting a story? Um, you know, I, I really actually love both. Mm-hmm. I love both. If I can go somewhere that's, you know, haunted or something like that and do a ghost tour or something, I love to do that. That's mm-hmm. fun. And I love to go on this time of year, a lot of different places they'll do, um, ghost tours and they'll tell you the stories oh. of the area and they do it in Logan here. And, and so it's, I, I like both. I really do. Um, I love hearing new stories from people. Um, and I also just really enjoy experiencing stuff too. I've never actually been a member of a ghost hunting tour or ghost hunting group. Right. Mm-hmm. I have been ghost hunting before. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister, who also grew up in the same house and had the same experiences, she she was a member of a group for a while, and that was the way she kind of focused after, and and they went to different places, uh, you know, that were supposedly haunted. So mm-hmm. cool. So what's what's a monster? So a monster would be Bigfoot, um, that okay. would fall under like gotcha. Bigfoot or uh, a creature, uh, cryptids, which are creatures that um, that haven't been proven that are alive yet, like Bigfoot yeah. is considered a cryptid. Um, okay. Uh, the Bear Lake Monster. Right. Um, that was my next question. Yeah, that was your next this. question, yeah. Um, uh, the, I, I have a few stories from Bear Lake. Um, I've one of, a couple of them I'm going to try and put in my next book. Cool. Um, they're, they're paranormal stories from that area. Uh, that area. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, what you would call folklore yeah. uh, dealing with... Uh, Bear Lake and the Bear Lake Monster. Um, I did some research into it, and it's interesting because back in the day when it started, uh, there was a big to-do with towns wanting to pull in people to come to their town. Mm-hmm. And um, the Provo area had Utah Lake, right? and they claimed to have a Utah Lake Monster for mm-hmm. a while. Oh, okay. And Bear Lake had right. the Bear Lake Monster. And even the town that we talked about um, that was at the end of uh, the Great Salt Lake. Right, They right. also claim to have a monster, too. Right. So it's kind of trying to depict between true stories and and trying to make uh, make a buck off of it. Yeah. Because there's both. I mean, honestly, there's both. But right. so it's fun. So with, uh, I don't know if you've ever been like the Brigham City area, because I mean, obviously I grew up over there. That's mm-hmm. where I spent a lot of my time as a kid. But there were a couple of places over there that, that were uh, you know, pretty, pretty freaky, mm-hmm. pretty freaky places. Did you ever go over to, let's see, there was the Barron Woolen Mills. There's the Train Depot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Monument and um, I've heard I've heard stories from those uh-huh. places. I haven't been myself. I did go to this. There's a cemetery just outside of Brigham City that's really famous for being haunted with really. Lights. Where is it? Oh, it's not Perry, but the is next it in one Willard? Over. It's right right near Willard. It's the cemetery okay. there that's up there on the kind of up on the hill a little bit. Okay, so it's um, it's like when you go out there and there's like that waterfall. Yeah, thing. yeah, that I one. know where that one is. Yeah, then. and uh, you know a big thing there is the lights. They see a lot of lights right. um, in there, and, right, and different stuff like that. That's uh, really creepy, and mm-hmm. they get a lot of um, EVPs, uh, recordings yeah. of ghosts up there. And have stuff. Have you ever been to the depot? I have not been to the depot. Is that the no. one in or the? Yeah, is that the one that I'm that I'm thinking that's in Ogden? 
No, the train station, Union Station. Right? No, all oh, Union Station. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I meant. That one's a really good have one you, too. Have you been there before? I, ghost I, hunting. I have not been there ghost hunting. I've been there before, but not ghost hunting. But I've talked to several people who've done, um, taken their group there, their right. paranormal group there, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. But so this book's a collection of stories. Is there something that you've like a a paranormal either? story or monster that you've read about that you don't have a story about that you like if there's something at the top of your list you'd love to hear someone tell you a story about what would it be well it's interesting that you say that um i don't have a story in this book but i have one that's going in the next book and um it's in and i did some research on this um when you think of fairies and you think of um goblins and 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 creatures like that you think of um Ireland and Scotland and and stuff like that. What a lot of people don't realize is that there's actually a rich story or rich history of uh, small creatures, small people in uh, the Shoshone nation and and Native Americans. Uh And um, people don't realize, they don't connect those really. But there is quite a few people who've had experiences with small creatures in... um, in the mountains. One in particular that I'm, I'm going to put in my next book and the individual that I met, um, told me about a time that he was on a hike to Mount Naomi. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys know where that is. Yeah. Um, and the buddy that was supposed to go with him couldn't go. He decided to go alone. Um, he spent a night, um, at the foot of Mount Naomi up there. And in the middle of the night, he was woken up by a whistling noise. And he thought, well, that's really weird, you know? And and he couldn't find his headlamp that he'd had on him. And uh, when he finally, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he got hit by a small pebble and the whistling started again. And he was really confused. And he finally found his headlamp and turned it on. And when he looked to his right, about 15 feet from him, sitting on a pile of rocks was this little creature. He said, um, it was gray, you know, ears were pointed, nose was pointed. It was wearing really old homemade clothes. I mean, he was just right out of like a Harry Potter book. Right. Yeah. And um, and it started whistling again. And, and when it started whistling, he was kind of in shock is what he said. Mm-hmm. And he noticed in its hand, it had his book. He had an old paperback book that he'd brought to read mm-hmm. with his headlamp. And it had it in his hand. And he realized it had been close enough to take it from him in the middle of the night. Well, that would freak me out. Right? He kind of snapped him out of it. He threw all his stuff together and ran all the way back down to Tony Grove where his car was parked and, and took off. But again, Crazy. there was a gentleman, He and you know that was the only paranormal experience he'd ever had. And uh, you know he was, you know, he... He hadn't shared it with very many people when he shared it with me because that's something that somebody would think, you know, that is really yeah, weird. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, you, know, you had you, something was in your water. Right, exactly. Yeah. But no, he was adamant about about what he'd seen. So, um, but yeah, and like I said, there's a, there's actually a rich history of, of little people and um, small creatures that live in the mountains that the that, that, um, Native Americans talk about, mm-hmm. that there's good ones if you get lost that will help you get back. Right. Mm-hmm. And bad ones that will lead you off the trail and mm-hmm. you'll disappear. So it's it's interesting, you know. And that's one that I would love to hear more stories about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really, there's only been a couple stories like that. That one really kind of intrigues me. So so, so something yeah. on that on that note about uh, like little, little creatures, small things. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of like toppy knockers? 
Uh, vaguely, uh, vaguely, v- vaguely. Okay, Are they I the was... ones that live in the houses or uh, in, the that... oh, in, the the mines, that's in the mines? Oh, in the mines. That's right. Okay. So I was, I was just yeah. intrigued about that because I've just heard stories about tabby knockers. Basically, they're they're like the earth making making noise when the earth is going to end up. Uh, Oh, like yeah, shifting, and so the mine, mines oh, end up yeah, like yeah, collapsing yeah. and right. things along those lines. Right. Gotcha. So I've always been really intrigued about those because mm. one of my friends in Vernal told me because she grew up in Price, and so you know all of the mines all around the mines. there. Yeah. And so they they said these uh, these toppy knockers would come around, and whenever the toppy knockers were there, you'd always have to pay attention. Uh, but basically, they they turned them into these little like creatures, and so. If you have your sandwich or something, you just always leave your last bite for the toppy knockers, oh, right. and so you leave like your sandwich huh. or whatever, just just as like a like a present, like please don't collapse on us, right, today, right, kind of thing. So gotcha. I was just intrigued to see if you had any stories on them or. No, I actually don't, but that's really cool. that's really that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of it's interesting. Uh, it is. There's a lot of different stuff uh, like that where you know people leave. Uh, Leave stuff for for creatures or right. or ghosts or whatever you know kind of right just as, as a history and good vibe yeah good vibe kind good of a vibe thing type thing yeah. so if you were to talk to somebody whose house was haunted because me personally I know that I recently bought a house built mm-hmm. in 1929 so it's an old <laughs> so it's house. an old house yeah. it's an old house um I mean I don't necessarily think that there's anything weird or sketchy or you know right. any anything like that I haven't had any experiences yet mm-hmm. knock but, on wood right uh, <laughs> I what would you what would you you know kind of things to look out for? Yeah, things to look out for, ways to be able to what would you suggest somebody do in that sort of a situation if they were to find a house and live in a house that that was haunted? Mm-hmm. Would you engage spirits? Would you not engage spirits? Would you assess what spirits they were and yeah. go from there? Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that because um one one thing that a lot of people ask me when they hear about that my house was haunted and right. we went through a lot of stuff. They're like, they said, um, you know, why didn't you get it cleaned or why didn't you have somebody come in and cast them out or whatever? Yeah. And, you know, other than the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how that would work. Uh, in my thoughts, this is somebody who lived in this house before. Right. They're just a person who doesn't have a body. Right. At least in this case. And, you know, they, they're not going to hurt you. And, you know, just share the space with them is what I would say, unless there's something going on. Unless it's like some sort like of a, some, like a bad, right. Like it's bad a bad juju, bad juju yeah. kind of like we talked about in human right. spirit. Right. Then that might be something different. But, you know, in a lot of cases I thought, you know, if, if he was gone after, you know, realizing he was there before I was and growing up and, and I say him, but I, I really think there was more than one in the house. Right. You know, it'd be like, Throwing out a family member. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. No, but, but I, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I would just say, you know, just uh, don't think of it as a scary thing. Right. Think of it as um, kind of a, an extra perk, I guess you could yeah. say. Kind of just change your mindset of it. Kind of just change your mindset of it. And, and yeah, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I think there's two states. California is one of them, and I can't remember what the other one is, that they actually have a law in the book that when you sell your house, you have to disclose whether it's haunted or not. Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of things when it comes to like real estate that you have to disclose if someone died in the house or right. things along those right. lines. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but interesting. They actually have a line there uh, that you know is your house haunted? Huh. <laughs> well, speaking funny. of uh, of beliefs when it comes to like or dealing with haunted spirits, is there one in your? Is there a story or a creature or ghost in your book that when people read it? 
It's like, what's the hardest one for people to accept? Or maybe do they accept them all? Um, you know, I haven't had, I really haven't had anybody come to me and say, you know, oh, I loved your book, but you know, this one was impossible or, uh-huh. you know, something like that. I really, I, I, I really got positive feedback from people. That's good. Um, so I really haven't had, you know, when I tell the stories and stuff like that, I, I, I really haven't got a lot of negative feedback like that. I have had a lot of people like just say, well, I just don't happen to believe or whatever, right. which is fine, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I can't necessarily, I, I can't really pick out anything that they would say. They have a problem. Oh, I can't believe that. Or mm-hmm. kind of yeah. Thing, so but. when it comes to uh, some spirits, some ghosts, whatever, whatever type of ghosts necessary, mm-hmm. not necessarily one specific, but if you were to, do you think that there are some that it's like, you can freak yourself out into thinking that there's one in there and it just ends up making the the spirit or the ghost or whatever come to that place, you know, not necessarily mm-hmm. dark by any means, just, just in more of a light sense. Uh-huh. Is there, do you think there's something about that or do you think that people sometimes just play tricks on their own, in well, their own uh, heads? There, I've, I've seen both uh-huh. uh, in talking with people who uh, do ghost hunting and there are groups that do it for fun. They'll right. go to places and just to, to have fun. And then there's other groups that help people. They're like, oh, my house is haunted. Can you come check it out? Right. And um, they, a lot of times they can pinpoint, oh, it's, you know, the sounds are coming from, you know, the water heater or your your pipes are banging or something. You yeah. know, they try and pinpoint and if there's something that's causing it. Um, right. A lot of people believe, too, that uh, if you have high electricity area, that uh-huh. can cause, you know, what things with your brain and you might mm-hmm. misperceive stuff. Um, but in in my research and everything, I, I found that ghosts and um, people who, you know, who've passed on can be attached to a place, uh-huh. like a home. Right. And it can also be attached to, th- to things. If, if an individual had something like, for example, in, in my next book, I have one where a, a lady tells me the story of she loved antique stuff mm-hmm. and she purchased um, an antique a woodworking set. Oh, okay. And after she purchased it, things started happening yeah. in the home and it took a little while and she figured out that it, that the individual that was, was connected to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point it's her choice to get rid of that stuff and, you know, right. or, or keep it. And so, uh, yeah, somebody, you can freak yourself out in a lot of situations. Yeah, for sure. That's how, you know, ghosts, like, uh, that's how, haunted corn mazes and haunted houses that you go. It's kind of how it works is right. you're trying to work yourself up and stuff. But, right. um, so I, you know, it, it can happen uh, in a house, especially when you first move in and there's strange noises, you mm-hmm. can work yourself up to, mm-hmm. into believing that there's a ghost there. I don't know if that would necessarily bring a ghost in just cause you believe it, yeah. but uh, you can definitely have that happen to you. I, I just wanted to go back to, cause you talked about how you like balancing collecting stories and first experiences mm-hmm. in so we've talked about the all the haunted places in McCall, and I've read a bunch about it, especially this week. All the haunted places in Utah. So, I guess three parts: is there what's the place you'd like to go to next in Utah? What's the place you'd like to go to to explore in the country? And what's the place you'd like to go to and explore in the world? Oh, that's awesome! So I would love, you know, I I went on a trip last week, and I went on a cruise, uh-huh. and the ship that I got on was like out the window. I got pictures. You can see the Queen Mary. 
mm-hmm. out there. Now, cool. if you don't know anything about the Queen Mary, it's an old um, ocean liner that they've turned into a hotel in mm-hmm. California, and it's very haunted from what I understand. Cool. And they even do ghost tours on there now. So that was one that I, I even told my wife at that time. I'm like, you know what? Once we're going to come and we're going to just spend a couple days, you know, spend the night there and, and do that. That's one that I would love to see. Um, another one is... I'd love to go to is in Australia. Um, there's a, a building. It was basically like their Ellis Island where people who oh, were okay. coming to the yeah, country yeah. had to stay. And if they were sick, they got put in a certain wing mm-hmm. and a lot of people died from different, different diseases there. Yeah. And that one's extremely haunted too. That would be a fun one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in, uh, I want to say Malaysia, there's a, um, old city, that they found that supposedly extremely haunted too. That would be really fun to go to in the world. So that would be awesome. How do you, for the collection of stories, how do you like, is it just word of mouth? Like so you mentioned, does it come up in conversation and someone says, mm-hmm. I have an uncle and then you're lucky enough to work it out with the uncle. Like, how do you find all these people? Well, and for, for most of these, that's in the, my first book, a lot of it was, um, that, you know, I told my story at, at, um, parties or stuff like okay. that. And my friends knew growing up that uh, my house was haunted. Right. And so we'd go to a party or go out with a bunch of people uh, for dinner or stuff. And inevitably, either my wife at the time or my friends would be like, oh, well, John grew up in a haunted house, you know, and everybody <laughs> right. kind of stops and turns and looks at you and you're finally like, yeah. And they're like, well, what happened? So you tell them the story and then as the party broke up or whatever, or a couple of days later, somebody in that group inevitably would come to me and say, oh, this happened to me, you know, and uh-huh. want to share that right. because, because now they found somebody yeah, yeah, who, yeah. you know, gotcha. so, and then, uh, also as I've released this book, I've got my email in there and I, I, I ask people, I'm like, I, I love to hear your stories. Email me. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's it, just coming up in conversation and then people coming to me after. Gotcha. So. so when it comes to like your history and the things that the places that you've been in particular, I mean, aside from your house, because it was it was pretty active. Right. Uh, where do you think the most haunted place you've been has been? And where do you think the place that you've been that has most freaked you out has been? Oh, that's a good question. Thanks. Um, Boy, you know, a lot of the stuff, as, was, as I grew up, I spent a lot of time in the mountains. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when, when I, I was kind of weird in the fact that in high school, you know, kids, a lot of my friends would slough school to go to Logan and go to the shop and get lunch. And right. I would slough school to go fishing or hunting. And um, There's nothing weird about that at all. <laughs> I think that sounds great. Um, but so uh, it's probably the ones that are in the mountains. Um, yeah. There's a series of books that I just read um, called Missing 411 It's Dave, by Dave Politis. Mm-hmm. Politis, it's hard to say his last name. And he focuses on all of the disappearances that are happening in uh, the wilderness yeah. and in um, national parks mm-hmm. that are unexplained. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, my biggest thing is when I've been alone in the mountains for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's peaceful, it's nice, and then all of a sudden there's something... It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. Something weird. So, And like, I've never actually seen Sasquatch or anything. Uh, my son and I came across some tracks one day, uh, but uh, that's one that I would love to see. I would love to see uh, Sasquatch. That would be cool. 
So that's that's definitely something I'd love to see. So speaking of your son, I know you mentioned when we were getting ready for this, you had a couple of stories you want to share because you said yeah. that the the spirit in your house loved to pick on your older son. Yeah, my oldest son. That was uh, for some reason. There's um, the the spirit, the ghost. We call him the stair monster because of the stairs. Uh-huh. Um, he he picks on people uh, in particular. He's very um, oh, mischievous. I want to say right and. Um, this is one story that that kind of just edifies my son's uh, experience with with the ghost. He about four years ago he was painting the basement for my dad, and uh, he had his headphones on. And as you go down the stairs and into the basement, it opens up into what we used to use as the family room, but uh-huh. now um, my parents use it for storage. And there's only one way into the basement, and one way out. Well, my mother has or had, I should say. Um, she loves uh, Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. and she had purchased this um, this snowman that was made out of cloth uh-huh. and about four feet tall, um, and it was really well made. Mm-hmm. And then it was filled with cloth, and then in the base was a sandbag so that you could place it where you wanted to, and it wouldn't move. It was yeah. for inside the house. Um, whenever she would bring it out, it seemed to always move a little bit here or there um, when nobody was home. Uh-huh. Um, but it was in the basement uh, in storage. My son is painting um, and he said he got a really creepy feeling. And so he looked in the room and the snowman is in the corner and it's turned and facing him. And he just, he just never really liked the snowman, you know, as a kid. <laughs> so he went in and he turned, turned the snowman facing the wall uh-huh. and he went back to painting and put his headphones back on and few minutes later, he got a, a, a really creepy feeling. So he took his headphones off and, and just stuck his head in, you know, around the corner and looked into the room. And the snowman had turned completely around and was now in the middle of the room closer to him. Crazy. Wow. And he's like, nope, that's it. And he walked upstairs <laughs> and my, my dad was like, what's going on? He's like, I'm not painting your basement unless you get rid of that snowman. So my dad had to go down get the snowman, put it on the porch. Uh-huh. And that's where it stayed for a couple of years until my mom, I think she sold it at a garage sale. But, uh, so it was that kind of stuff, uh, that it was always doing to my son. Like it probably wouldn't have done that with the snowman, but the fact that he went in and turned it around, so it wasn't facing him. He probably thought, Oh, this is going to be a good fun to get Cody. And so turn around do you think, is there any specific reason other than maybe it's because it bothers your son so much and it, as you described it, it's mischievous and that's why I decided mm-hmm. to torture your son? Oh yeah. It's, it's all about mischievous okay. stuff. Whenever he spent the night at grandma and grandpa's, he would stay in the front room and several times he woke up and there was somebody in the front room and, or, and, or it would whistle. That's the other thing it likes to do is when you're just about to sleep, asleep mm-hmm. to do the loud cattle whistle. Uh huh. Um, and, and scare you and then laugh of as, as it runs out of the room and of jumps course. off the step. And so, <laughs> but yeah, it really, I think, um, it, it just really picks on my son for some reason. Cause it, maybe it, cause it bothers him more. I don't know why, but he thinks uh-huh. it's funny. I wonder if, I wonder if it's just because you said it's his, it's your oldest son. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because he took you away from the house because he was your oldest. Maybe, yeah. maybe I always told him it was because he was disrespectful to me. And I like dad, that, one. right? That's probably <laughs> what if you it were is. nicer to me, then you know. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think I. I mean, this has been a great pause. I don't think yeah. I have any more questions. I think. And, I think I'm good. Anything else that you want to? No. You wanna... No. I. I appreciate you guys having. If anybody's curious about the book, um, it it's sold on Amazon. The cool. hard copy. 
soft copy, and they're actually now carrying it at the American West Heritage Center. Cool. So, oh, that's cool. Great. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's awesome with the Halloween stuff going on. That yeah. was great that they, they chose to do that. So Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Hey. John Olson. Uh, the first book, Stranger Bridgeland. Do you have the Do you have the second title picked out? Can we know that? Or um, you know, I'm 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 not sure. Probably okay. Stranger Bridgeland too. Got Something it. simple, cool. easy Got to it. find. So so keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, for thank you guys. This Paranormal very much. podcast. It's been a blast. We get ready for Halloween, yeah. and this has been 